In today's world of hackers and their backers, in some cases the agents of foreign governments, cybersecurity is more important than ever. Yet for financial institutions, the news is dire. As many as 9 in 10 IT professionals are stretched too thin to protect their organizations top to bottom. How can banks find and stop the holes and fortify their security? To find out, we'll talk with David M. N. Bryan, Global Managing Consultant with IBM's X-Force Red. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the Managing Editor at BAI. Come on in. Thanks again for tuning into the podcast. It is great to have you here with us. And today we have David M. N. Bryan. David is the global managing consultant in charge of technology with X-Force Red, IBM's elite security testing team. And he's even worked with DEF CON. And the title there, DEF CON, was interesting. As a volunteer, he was what is known as a goon. And David and I met in a coffee shop in Chicago. He was running the ThoughtCon, a Chicago Information Security Conference. And he handed me his card. And David, you can attest to this. It's an IBM business card, but the title is Breaker of Things. That is absolutely true. <laughs> How did a big, formal, suit-and-tie organization like IBM allow you to put that title on a business card? I just have to ask. With X-Force Red, we're trying to break the mold a little bit. Well, we're trying to break the mold a lot, actually. <laughs> and to some degree, in the management team, we've said we're social engineering IBM into letting us do what we need to do, right? Charles Henderson, who is the manager of X-Force Red, he and I worked together prior, and he basically was invited to IBM to try and make their services marketable. And so that's what we're doing. It's a lot of fun. We're getting to play with some really cool hardware, and we've got some amazingly talented folks that are doing great work. Great work really segues into what might be the most important work of all, which is cybersecurity. I really want to know from your point of view, you are someone on the inside, how much of a challenge banks are facing today and why it matters for them to get on the stick in a big, big way. It's very interesting to see from an internal perspective all of the things that you uncover when you're doing security testing internally or on an app or on an embedded device. There are a lot of risks. A small gap in your security profile a lot of times can mean an attacker can fully penetrate your organization. Maybe it's something as simple as a printer with a default password, or maybe you've got users who aren't really keen on long or complex passwords. Those areas are entry points that we use all the time in order to gain access to client confidential data. If you were a hacker and you wanted to get in to a financial services organization, how might you do that? I mean, there's a couple of different avenues, right? One is social, which means calling up someone or sending an email. That success rate has gone down as people have started to engage in actual testing programs. We also have some clients that they really want to help, and they'll sometimes start giving out or divulging information. Maybe it's not full information, but it's small pieces, which then lead us to put the puzzle together and actually gain access. The other aspect is walking in off the street, plugging into the network. If your applications 
aren't using encryption. That is one big issue. Or you've got users that maybe aren't trained to say, oh, wait, I'm getting a security error. I probably shouldn't accept this. There's also other times where you have a third party that's maybe implemented some technology in your environment, and they haven't gone through and done their due diligence to actually secure the environment. Where is the good news here in terms of steps forward that you've been able to either propagate or that you've seen within the industry? Coming from an information security background and doing a lot of testing, I don't know that there is a lot of good news. But as people's or companies' security programs mature, that helps a ton. That is sort of the good news. But it oftentimes takes a breach of a company to get on those programs and You go into a client and within probably 20 minutes, you can really tell the maturity of the organization from a security perspective. And within a couple of hours, you either have access to some level of credentials or some level of systems, or you're still fighting three or four days in and maybe you finally find something. And those organizations typically have much more security awareness much more security controls in place. They're not using eight characters. They're maybe using 10 or 12 characters for passwords, things like that. So do you recommend 10 to 12 characters minimum as a password strength test? Or are there even other things that organizations can do that aren't onerous, but that will help that cause even more? I actually recommend passphrases, something you're going to remember that's maybe not a jumble of characters or jumble of numbers, right? It's going to be a couple of words, some numbers, some special characters intermixed in there. But it's a phrase that you can remember. Our password cracking rig below eight characters works on brute force. We can crack any eight character Windows passwords within 12 hours. But beyond that, it starts to go into dictionary. If your password is winter 2016 or winter 2018, I'm going to be able to crack that because I've got some rules and I've got some dictionary lists that I cram together and all of a sudden those passwords start dropping out. To give you an example, I did a security test on a client where I was able to recover 1.2 million password hashes, right? So that's passwords for the users. Of those users, 820,000 of them were SHA-1 hashes that weren't salted. So what's that mean? There's no random data included with that hash. If I recover one hash, that means I recover all the hashes that are that same password. For example, in this case, this was a public application that anybody could go and register on. I was able to recover 7,000 users that all had a password of 123456. Unbelievable. It was kind of crazy. That has to do with users not caring very much and there being no security requirement. I mean, the application did not have a requirement for a password length or password strength or anything like that. So when you say a passphrase, do you mean something like, I love ice cream, or would you take the first letter from each one of those words to create a nonsense acronym? It's actually better to do full-on words. You're going to remember it. You know, the first character of the first thing, I mean, it's just more complex for you to remember. It's actually better to have words with some mixed-in characters, capitalization, things like that. I feel like now i got to go and change like a third of my password. (laughs) The best thing is to use a password manager. They generate fairly random passwords. They're not going to be 100% random, but it's going to be much better than you typing in the same password for every site. I think the other thing that's key about that is each site needs to have a unique password. If an attacker ever recovers their database and you're logging in with your email address and that password is the same password for any other site, 
there's a really good chance they're going to go after your other credentials on your other sites. On the other side of the fence, there's artificial intelligence and the things that hackers are doing now to really up the game. BAI Managing Director Carl Dahlgren has compared the information security concerns to a game of whack-a-mole. Is artificial intelligence really making things a lot more dangerous at this point? Yeah, I would say whack-a-mole is very true for a lot of organizations, which is unfortunate, but whack-a-mole happens when you don't have good information security policies or programs and even controls from the perspective that if you're not doing some sort of security review or security audits of your applications before implementation, right, that's when you start to get into the whack-a-mole of, oh, there's a problem over here. Oh, there's a problem over here. Artificial intelligence, I personally haven't seen a lot of it at this point. I'm sure we'll start to see some more of it as we go into machine learning and things like that. From our perspective, when we do manual pen tests, Today, when we talk about pen tests, we're actually talking about manually testing the environment, having a human go, oh, you know, that looks like a machine that I'm guessing has a default password. You're doing a little bit of research on the machine, identifying what some of the default credentials might be, testing those out, and then using and leveraging that access, right? And most AI can't do that. Assuming the elevator controls haven't been hacked and you were going to give an elevator speech to someone saying, David, I am sold. I know I've got to up my game here. I don't know where to start. This is confusing to me. What would you tell them? If you don't know where to start, look at implementing some sort of security program, a basic security program, either following NIST. NIST is National Institute of Standards and Technology. NIST has some pretty decent information security policies out there and programs, or following an ISO 27001 and 27005. Both the ISO and the NIST frameworks are actually really good. Some of the NIST stuff takes it a little bit too far, right? You have to remember that computing systems are there for us to do business, and there's sort of a balance between computer security, cost, and usability. And if a user can't log in because their password requirements are too complex or, you know, it takes them 10 minutes to log in to their system, you've now just tanked your productivity and it's costing you more money for those security controls. You have to have a good eye on a balanced workforce versus we got to have all of these controls in place that are costing us way more than they're actually protecting. That also goes into make sure you're not spending a million dollars to protect $100,000. For an overwhelming number of banks, it really does come down to being prepared and having those protections in place. David, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. David M. N. Bryan is the global managing consultant in charge of technology with X-Force Red, IBM's elite security testing team. You can look for David on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, while security testing is more important than ever, it needs a specific focus. Small gaps in an organization can turn into big cracks. So one place to start is by eliminating default passwords, such as 12345. Often these will be used for devices common to an office, such as with a printer or copying machine. In today's connected world, keep in mind hackers can penetrate your office through these devices. Number two, 
passwords must be strong. And a good rule of thumb is to use a passphrase of 10 to 12 characters. Here's how it works. You could use the phrase, I like ice cream, with numbers and characters mixed in. But keep in mind that if the phrase is too hard to remember, you could lose it. And number three, the notion of IT whack-a-mole is very real. Hackers will constantly up their game to stay a step ahead of banks. So be sure to institute a solid security program where the cause isn't limited to the IT department, but throughout your institution, a clear awareness emerges of security and its importance down to every employee. And don't forget, we are now accepting your nominations for the 2018 BAI Global Innovation Awards. Nominate a company that you've seen do outstanding work in financial services. And yes, you can nominate your own company as an innovator. Deadline for nominations is April 13th. Visit BAI.org slash Global Innovations to find out more. And now BAI Banking Strategies brings you the AHA Moment where our podcast guest shines a light on that point in time where realization, revelation, or exploration made all the difference in their financial services career. Sometimes the best things in life are indeed free, like premium pay-per-view TV at a hotel. Here, David talks about how an experience with hacking the pay-per-view in his hotel room helped him catch the bug, the computer bug, if you will, for a career in information security. The aha moment for me was at DEF CON, probably the last year that we were at the Alexis Park Hotel. I just recently watched Major Malfunction, also known as Adam Laurie in the normal world, give presentations on hacking magstripes and hacking Bluetooth components. And we had a hotel TV system that had pay-per-view content on it, right? And it was the first year that they'd implemented it at this hotel. And I started playing with it. I wonder if it's this. And I really sat down and was able to identify bypassing that control. Oh, this is actually really fun. It's fun to reverse engineer an application. It's fun to sort of poke and prod at this stuff. I got the bug, I guess I would say, to start doing information security and consulting. I have to ask you, this is a postscript. Did you get in? Did you hack the pay-per-view? Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning into our podcast. And here are a few reminders from yours truly and your friends at BAI. First of all, if you haven't done so, subscribe to our daily newsletter. It's free to sign up. And be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook LinkedIn and Twitter to stay up to date on BAI's latest and greatest. You can catch me on LinkedIn. Be sure to connect. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.